And hello, everyone, and welcome to a program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, my co-host, Nathan Jones, with Lamb Lion Ministry. We thank you for being part of today's program. We have a great program prepared for you today as we continue in the amazing journey through the book of Ezekiel. Today's message is titled Millennium Righteousness. So we hope that you can stay tuned. And those of you that follow us live on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us as well. But before continuing, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to know about your kingdom that's coming. Something, Lord, that your followers have been praying about for centuries, millennia even. And so, Lord, we are so thankful to learn that this day is coming soon. And as we uh, read up about it, Lord, even more so, we long to see it actually come to fruition. So, Lord Jesus, please come return. In the meantime, Lord, help us understand your word in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into our Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb, Lion Ministry. Again, our title for this message is Millennium Righteousness as we look at Ezekiel chapter 45. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to be back for this next segment of our program. As always, man, it's the highlight of the week, getting to study the Bible with you and all of the, you who have tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free. So welcome, and um, so hopefully you got your thinking caps on because uh, Vic and I are diving in some rough stuff here. Well, Nathan, it really is. Uh, in our last program that, that uh, we, we, uh, we closed, we were looking at some amazing measurements pertaining to the Millennium Kingdom. And uh, it was very, very exciting. But in case you maybe missed that segment of our program, we would love to share with you how you can grab hold of those resources and even more resources. So Nathan, will you be able to share with someone, maybe maybe they're new to our program, this is the first time they're tuning in, how they can get a hold of our previous programs and our resources? Well, right. Uh, well, go to our website, ChristInProphecy.org. Most people know Lamb and Lion Ministries through our television program, which is called Christ in Prophecy. And for 2024, we started our radio program. That's just begun to air. It's going to be on a few stations here, there. But hopefully by the end of this year, we're praying. We'll get on some networks and the show will continue to grow. Uh, so you can check us out, our Christ in Prophecy. But go to our website, ChristinProphecy.org. If you enter media and podcasts, you'll find the truth will set you free there. We've got years and years of Vic and I's Bible teachings on the website. And you can also connect with us through Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify through our RSS feed and through uh, our app, which is the Lamb and Lion app. And for this year, the archive section of Pray.com underneath Christ and Prophecy also has all our podcasts as far back as the RSS feed goes. So we want to welcome you to the program and uh, check it out if you want to get caught up on the book of Ezekiel. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing those resources. I think this year is going to be a fantastic year. We are so excited because God is on the move and God has so many wonderful things prepared uh, for his children, for his people, especially the Jewish people, Nathan. I know the Jewish people the, the, the last year uh, were going through some challenges with the 
with Hamas, and they're still going through challenges right now. Uh, uh, there's always a, a, a battle for the land of Israel trying to be divided. God's people have always been uh, attacked. But the promises for the Jewish people that we find here in the book of Ezekiel are just amazing to see their inheritance, what God has planned for them and for us as a church as well. And it's fascinating, right, Nate? Well, yeah, God hasn't suspended his promises to the Jewish people. Uh, they went into exile for a while, and uh, Isaiah 11 and other chapters uh, prophesy that the Jewish people will be regathered a second time. Matter of fact, this regathering will be so monumental that it will make their time leaving Egypt seem to be in comparison. And so you've got the Jewish people receiving these promises that one day a remnant of them will come to know Christ as their Messiah, Yeshua as their Savior, and they will then enter into the Millennial Kingdom along with the Gentile believers who survived the tribulation, and they will repopulate the earth, and the Jewish people will become a priesthood at the Lord's Temple. Jesus will build this giant temple called the Millennial Temple, and the whole world, the Gentile nations, will stream to Jerusalem to see Jesus and talk to him face to face, to hear his law, to hear his teachings. And so all the promises that the Lord has made for the Jewish people have not been suspended permanently. Uh, they will come to fruition as Ezekiel here in chapter 45 promises. Nathan, I love that. And not only that, but here also we find, uh, again, just wonderful uh, uh, inheritance for the for the God's people. And you know, Nathan, it reminds me as we as we talk about the kingdom and the and the temple, uh, remembering the 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 apostles and all their sacrifices and them wanting to rule and reign with Christ and when that would actually take place. Uh, Luke chapter 18, verses 28 through 30, as well as Mark uh, chapter 10, verses 35 through 38, great passages uh, to remind us of events that happened while the Lord was still with the disciples and what he told them uh, they can expect uh, in the future. Uh, Nate, will you be able to, um, as we open up, maybe read for us there uh, Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 38, and now read Luke chapter 18, verses 28 through 30, in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Yeah, okay, we'll pick it up at Mark 10, 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, well, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to him, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And, and Nathan, uh, as we also look, as we back it up too, uh, to uh, Luke chapter 18, in case someone doesn't have a Bible, uh, we're also reminded uh, of what the Lord was granting to them or said what they would be able to, uh, in other words, get for their sacrifice. And I love this because it's just great reminders in God's word. Uh, Jesus was, of course, talking about a rich young man, a rich young ruler and what he needed to give up in a sense, to uh, enter into the kingdom of God. And uh, he had a lot of riches, and he went away sad. And then the disciples, uh, taken off from there, uh, asking Jesus in terms of sacrifice, and Jesus replied, uh, what, is, what is impossible for people is possible with God. Peter said, we've left our homes to follow you. 
Yes, Jesus replied, I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brother or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. And I was reading from the New Living Translation. But Nathan, as we talk about the kingdom and the things that God is going to give to his people, the inheritance to the priest here, as, we were, as we're learning in, in chapter 45 of Ezekiel, it's really astounding the blessings that await us. Yeah, and it, it's interesting what James and John, two of the apostles closest to Jesus, asked and in other uh, gospels that the mother was involved too. And basically they want the number two and three seat in the kingdom. I mean, they're asking for the whole shebang. They want it all. And the Lord's like, uh, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? In other words, are you going to suffer the fate that I will be crucified and, and killed? And and uh, they, he says, yeah, you will. And sure enough, James dies very quickly after Jesus' crucifixion. And yet John lives all the way into the late 90s in the first century. And uh, he goes through a tremendous amount of suffering. But I'm sure we know that the, the foundations of the new Jerusalem, the eternal Jerusalem, has the apostles' names on them. So, yeah, they will get uh, tremendous accolades for their faith in the Lord. But Jesus reminds them, he says, hey, you know, who sits at the right and the left of, of me is not for me to decide. It's for him. So you're going to have to wait. I think when you read about the 24 elders who circle the throne of God up in heaven, and, and uh, I think that's us, the saints, rotating through that. So we'll all get a chance to sit on that throne one day. But I love like what you read about Peter. He says, hey, you know, with faith comes sacrifice. You've given up all this to follow the Lord. But the Lord has promises that those things are minor in compared to the eternal riches he has ahead of us. So whether you're the Jewish people or you're the Gentile Christians or the Jewish Christians, whoever you are, the Old Testament saints, even the tribulation saints to come, they all have promises that God made that great inheritance that awaits us for those who are faithful. Nathan, and that's why I love what we're looking at in Ezekiel chapter 45, because as we, in our in our previous segment, we spoke about the division of the land, what the, the priests will, will, will be, uh, uh, what their inheritance will be. But we also read how God said to them, I will also be your inheritance. You're going to have me not just materialistic possession, not just uh, uh, positions, but you're going to have me. Uh, and to me, Nathan, that is just uh, uh, fantastic. The promises that God gives us, that he will never leave us or forsake us, that he will always be with us. What a great privilege that is. Yeah, and when you think about how incredible the millennial kingdom is, all right, no more failed, flawed human government. It's a government ruled by Jesus Christ himself through his saints. That's us. We will rule and reign with him. That's a promise to the church and the Old Testament saints and the soon-to-be tribulation saints. You also have long lives. Those who live into through the tribulation survive. They will have children in the millennial kingdom and those saved, and they will have long lives. Sickness and deformity and defect will be gone during that time. Food will be so plentiful that there'll be nobody hungry anymore. That means no more poverty, no more poor people, no more homeless people. Uh, there's no wars anymore. The animals are at peace with humanity. There's great joy throughout the land and great celebration with Jesus Christ. And as amazing as all that is, it's nothing compared to the fact that our Savior, our Redeemer, is there with us, abiding with us, tabernacling with us 
So it's very important that we understand that the Jewish people still have a role that the Lord hasn't forsaken his promises to the Jewish people. For if he did, then who's to say he wouldn't forsake his promises to us, the church? You know, he, we can 100% depend that Jesus will keep his promise, especially his promise of salvation, that if we re repent and in faith turn to him, we will be saved. And may, So <laughs> it's extremely important we understand that the Lord is absolutely 100% faithful to his promises. Oh, Nathan, and not only that, not only is he faithful, but also <clears throat> the, the way that, that we go about receiving everything that God has uh, offered to us. Uh, it, it, there's no, the Bible says he doesn't add trouble to that. There's peace, there's righteousness. In the time of the millennium, in the time of, uh, here in the, in the millennial kingdom, you and I spoke earlier how they're going to rule with righteousness, the prince himself. There will be no more wickedness. There will be no more taking advantage of people, uh, uh, taking advantage of people's properties. But everything will be done with a right standard. And, and as we continue looking at Ezekiel chapter 45, we want to invite those of you that maybe have a Bible to follow along with us as we're going to pick it up in, in chapter 45, beginning on verse 9 through verse 17. And of course, we are switching uh, from the New King James to the New uh, Living uh, translation just for the sake of some things that we're going to be reading that have to do with measurements. So Nathan, I'm going to pick it up in verses 9 uh, through verse 12, and maybe you can read verses 13 through 17 in case someone doesn't have a Bible, as they can follow along with us. Yes, unless you measure in ephahs and babs and homer, <laughs> uh, you're going to read the New Living Translation to get the, tra <laughs> the, the translation. And by the way, Homer is not in The Simpsons, okay? This is a different Homer. <laughs> Homer, absolutely. <laughs> but we notice Ezekiel chapter 45, verse 9 says, For this is what the sovereign Lord says, Enough, you prince of Israel. Stop your violence and oppressions, and do what is just and right. Quit robbing and cheating my people out of their land. Stop uh, expelling them from their home, says the sovereign Lord. Use only honest weights and scales and honest measures, both dry and liquid. Verse 11, the home, the homer will be your standard unit for measuring volume. The ephah and the bath will be each measured one-tenth of a, of a homer. The standard unit of weight will be the silver shekel. One shekel will consist of 20 uh, jerom, sorry about that, and 60 shekels will be equal to one mina. I don't know if I did any justice with this version, Nathan. You know, I just say that the uh, New Living Translation uh, just let me down there, man. It did all <laughs> the other translations, but it, it didn't do that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, a homer measures about 50 gallons or 220 liters. An ephah is a dry measurement, whereas a bath is a liquid measurement. And a shekel is about a fourth of an ounce or 11 grams. And a, a, a mina in some places equal to 50 shekels. If you go to Israel today, Vic and I have been to Israel, uh, you get shekels. They brought back that ancient money. And so that ancient money will be the global currency. Ah, think about that. The shekel will be the global currency of the world during the millennial kingdom. And so, yes, uh, if we think in dollars or pounds or whatever money you use, we're going to have to switch and start thinking differently, but I think we'll get used to it. Uh, so I, I guess homers and ephahs are going to be our measurements in the future. 
<laughs> and Nathan, really what we're hoping is that people get the idea here of what the Bible is talking about in terms of how things will be. You and I in our previous program mentioned that there will be some things that we still will be relating to or understanding that not much, certain things won't change. Like you mentioned, you mentioned to us, Nathan, the tabernacle and some of the articles, the way that there that we can uh, um understand them here on earth, we'll be able to understand them in the time of the millennium and in heaven as well. We spoke about Jesus when his resurrected body, we could still recognize who he was. So these measurements here, certain things will not change and we will still be able to interact in some of the ways that we did here on earth even now. Yeah. And again, it's not meaning that the people during the millennial kingdom are robbing and cheating each other. We got to go back to the Gee, the first 35 chapters of Ezekiel were God's, what do you say, God's accusation against the Jewish people at the time, especially their leadership, was you've all turned into a bunch of thieving, stealing, you know, you're, it's awful. You guys have become so evil that I'm going to have to expel you out of the land. You're going to steal each other's land while I'm taking the land back. Well, the Lord had always meant for the Jewish people to live in certain allotments that he has for them. And... They really haven't so much so because they would never come to the um, uh, year of Jubilee and return the land to the rightful family unit. But during this kingdom, this, this millennial kingdom to come, the Jewish people will live by not the Old Testament law per se, but by the prescriptions of how they were meant to live by allotment of land They're, and not taking each other's land. To, and I think in the bigger picture, you, get, you nailed it, Vic. You said it's not about. The, the works part, it's about the heart part. The heart part for these people, because there will be people born in the millennial kingdom who are, are going to struggle with their sin nature just like anybody else. But even though it's a better, more utopian type setting, they're still going to struggle. So they got to learn, hey, you can't take each other's land. You can't cheat each other. You can't steal. Uh, there's the right way to do things and the wrong way to do things. And that's a universal moral concept. Nathan, and, and that's why we, we, we want to encourage individuals to follow along and read the Word of God because there's a lot of wonderful things there that they can learn about their future, what, what, what awaits them in their future. Certain things will be different, but there will be other things that will continue on, such as special offerings uh, in the time of the millennium and, and certain keeping of the feast, feasts, the wonderful things that God uh, put so that we can uh, enjoy uh, all the things that he has given to us. And as we notice there in the following verses, verses 13 uh, through 17, we also notice uh, uh, some, some, um, some special celebrations and offerings that the Bible records for us. Now, Nate, I know you, the, the last version that you use of the Bible, I, I kind of like that version. Would you be able to read verses 13 through 17 in that version? You want New Living or New King James? Uh, the New Living, because on that one, I think uh, you broke it down a little better for people to understand. Okay. Uh, so we're getting into the section that deals with special offerings and celebrations. And isn't it awesome that the Lord institutes celebrations? He wants people. I, I, every Christmas comes by and you get these dour old Christians who are like works-based and, ah, oh, you can't celebrate Christmas. How dare you? And it's like, What? The Lord loves, he loves to be celebrated. You know, who doesn't, right? And so I, I just never understand these, these Christmas haters. But so <laughs> we're creating a millennial kingdom that the Lord will create special offerings and celebrations. 
Vic, I bet you guarantee too. Those there will be Christians there complaining about them as well. But, uh, <laughs> oh. You must give this tax to the prince. The prince, by the way, is Jesus. One bushel of wheat or barley for every sixty you harvest. One percent of your olive oil and one sheep or goat and for every two hundred in your flock in Israel. These will be the grain offerings, burnt offerings, and peace offerings that will make atonement for the people who bring them, says the Sovereign Lord. All the people of Israel must join in bringing these offerings to the prince. The prince will be required to provide offerings that are given at the religious festivals, the new moon celebrations, the Sabbath days, and all other similar occasions. He will provide the sin offerings. Uh, next page here. Burn offerings, grain offerings, liquid offerings, and peace offerings to purify the people of Israel, making them right with the Lord. Isn't that awesome, Nathan? I just love that, making them right uh, with the Lord, righteousness. And again, that's what this is. This, this is what I love about this passage. Even today, we're called into a right relationship with God. How does one do that? Through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing has changed, right, Nathan? For the church, for the Jewish people, we need to be right with God because if our relationship with him is right, everything else will fall in line. Absolutely. And again, the question is, well, Jesus died on the cross. Why do the, the Jewish priesthood during the millennial kingdom need to do this? And it's a reminder that they are still, uh, obviously every person coming into the millennial kingdom will be saved to start, but they'll have children. And those children have to decide on Christ or not, just like we do. And so there are purification rituals for them to do the job of standing before the Lord and, and serving him. That These are meant to show an outward sign of what should be inward cleansing of by salvation, the blood of Christ. Uh, so you get a little Old Testament mixed with a little New Testament here in the Millennial Kingdom. But again, folks, just bear in mind, what we're reading here is for the Jewish priesthood. It's not about the rest of the planet. Obviously, we'll be celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles and things like that. But this is prescriptions for teaching the Jewish people how to get it right. Because by Ezekiel's time, they had screwed it up so bad. They had, They just, they couldn't follow the law. They'd all become as evil as the nations around them. They chased after other gods. They became crooks and thieves, and, and they became a blight on the name of Christ. So this is their chance during the kingdom to get it right. I love that. And Nathan, and that's why certain things here don't change. For instance, we look at verse 18, and it talks about the different feasts today that Jewish people, they celebrate some amazing feasts, some fun things, much like we celebrate Christmas and New Year and other uh, wonderful events. Verse 18 says, thus says the Lord God, in the fifth month, on the first day of the month, you shall take a young bull without blemish and cleanse the sanctuary. Chapter 45, verse 19, the priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering out, out of it on the doorpost of the temple and on the four corners of the ledge of the altar and on the gate post of the gate to the inner court. And so you shall do on the seventh day of the month for everyone who has sinned unintentionally or in ignorance. Thus you shall make atonement for the temple in the first month on the 14th day of the month you shall Observe the Passover, a feast of seven days. Unleavened bread shall be eaten. And on that day, the prince shall prepare for himself and for all the people, all the land, a bull for a sin offering. On the seven days of the feast, he shall prepare a burnt offering to the Lord. Seven bulls and seven rams without blemish daily for seven days. 
and a, and a kit of gold daily for a sin offering. And he shall prepare a grain offering of one ephah for each bull and one ephah for each ram together with a hint of oil uh, for each ephah. Verse 25, in the seventh month of the 15th day of the month, at the feast, he shall do likewise for seven days according to the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the grain offering, and the oil. Nathan, it's barbecue all over the place here. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. We're like, okay, these are a lot of prescriptions. I mean, the Jewish people couldn't handle this in the Old Testament. They can't handle it now. What makes them think they're going to handle it in the millennial kingdom? Well, Jesus is right there. He's supervising. It's like having Gordon Ramsay in the kitchen, except without all the anger and attitude. <laughs> to help them through it, you know, and, and show them the right way that they should have been doing the, the sacrificial system during that time. And again, the sacrificial system we know as the church is unnecessary because Jesus Christ shed the, his blood on the cross. He was the ultimate sacrifice. We don't need the blood of rams and goats and other things to purify us of our sins, our sins, but for the purification rituals of the priesthood, during the millennial kingdom, yes, Jesus brings it back. It's one of the more perplexing um, messages in the Bible, why the Lord does that. But we know that uh, the Jewish people, there will be those serving him who will be not saved. And they still have to be purified in a certain way, ritually as well. And so they will go through all these motions too. But, you know, like you said, Vic, a lot of this isn't just about purification rituals. It's also about feasting and celebrating. I mean, the Jewish people, uh, the priesthood, was in charge of the holidays. They were the guys in charge of the sacrifices and the banquets and the meals and, and the celebrations. And they, they sang the songs and they played the instruments. And so this is a very important role that they're going to hold this time. And uh, so they're going to they're gonna get to be the party, what do you call them? The party leaders, the party planners? They, they're going to get to do that. And so, um, brother, I think that's going to be, no wonder, we read, what's it, uh, is it Zephaniah or Zechariah, where 10 men, 10 Gentiles will grab the sleeve of a Jewish people and person and say, take us to see the Lord because you know where he is. I mean, that's going to be an incredible time period. Oh, Nathan, it's so exciting. And that's why we encourage you. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord, listen, we do not want you to miss out on these amazing events because the reality is if you're born again, you will be there. We will be participating in a lot of this in our glorified bodies. Nathan, I know you and I are going to be sneaking in, smelling the barbecue somehow in, in our glorified body. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have this place called Hutchins Barbecue here in McKinney, and I have frequently have to go pick up uh, pizza nearby, but uh, I just love to smell the smell of Hutchins wafting through the air. And can you imagine what a little smell like in this millennial temple? I tell you, considering all the nations are flooding to it to hear Jesus teach, uh, you're going to have to have a lot of food prepared. And that's exactly what the priesthood does. They're the, the hosts, the party planners. Oh, and that is fantastic. I pro probably some people have never thought of that, but this is why we really enjoy the book of Ezekiel, because it has so many wonderful nuggets and, and encouragement. And this is why we want to encourage you. Come to the Lord while there is still time. There is joy in the Lord and in a relationship with him. I know we only have about a minute left to the program, but if you're part of this program right now and you have not turned your life over to Christ to enjoy in this celebration, there is still room for you in the Lord's Inn. We want to invite you to open your heart to him. You see, the Bible says in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son 
that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible also tells us that we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and that we need to repent and turn back to him. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if that's you right now and you have a desire to come to know Christ, why not start the brand new relationship this year with him? By making that that resolution that you are going to follow Christ from this day forever. And you can do so with a very simple prayer. A a prayer that I'm going to lead you into. And if you pray this prayer and you mean it from your heart, God will transform your life. And maybe that's you right now. I want you to pause for a minute. Pray this simple prayer with us and watch how God will transform your life. Just call on the name of the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner. But God, right now, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I want to invite you, Jesus to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my savior, and to be my friend. And from this day forth, I wanna follow you, Jesus. In your name I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. And if you pray that prayer for the first time, we'd love for you to get a hold of Nathan or myself. Let us know that you accepted Jesus. We'd love to give you a Bible and a Bible study guide so that you can grow in your relationship with him. And we're going to say welcome to the family for this amazing new year. And Nathan, that is a great news for this year, right? Good news, good news. Just like it says in the song in the beginning of this program. Oh, and and that's why we thank you for being part of today's program. I know we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones said goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Keep looking up. The Lord is returning very, very soon. Have a wonderful day. in him should not perish but have eternal